Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend as always. Uh, before I introduce my next guest, uh, it was a real treat to interview her today. Um, but before I get into that, please make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dalton K. Jensen. I'm working on my writing skills. So if you guys have any feedback, catch me on Twitter at Dalton K. Jensen. Also on Instagram at Dalton K. Jensen. And then uh, make sure you're following the podcast, DaltonKJensen.com. So pretty much I've locked down that domain. You can find me anywhere uh, on social media with that. And uh, I really appreciate your guys' support. And as always, the best way to support me is to support my sponsors, uh, which you'll hear throughout the, the episodes and which I'm sure you probably already heard, but they're phenomenal. They'll help you guys a ton. And so uh, without further ado, let me introduce Jessica Smith, who is an author uh, and who has written a few books. Uh, we had a great conversation over StreamYard. And by the way, if you want to catch these live interviews, uh, just follow me on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube, um, because that's where we air them. But Jessica Smith uh, had a lot of amazing insight to give us, and it was a fantastic interview. So uh, enjoy the episode, and thank you so much for listening. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. I don't know why uh, they don't have like their own podcast. Like Roger should do his own podcast or like video thing, man. Right. He's great. Yeah. 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 No, it's he, the group's fantastic. It's really helped me out. I've gotten to meet some amazing people on the on my podcast and and get to have a lot of cool discussions. Now, you're um, you're an author. You're also a coach. You also help people publish their books like you have a new book. Is it already out or is it coming out? The one that you helped people nope, It's coming with? on September 27th. Mm, right on. Mm-hmm. Right on. So I guess we, Jessica, we can start at the beginning, right? Okay. So for you, um, what, you know, start from the beginning, right? Like what made you go into, what'd you do before you were an author? Have you always been an author? How'd you get into this? You know, give us kind of your story. I already, because I know that you like those, by the way. I do. I do love stories. Um, and, and this is a, a good one for sure. Um, cause I've always been a reader. Like I wasn't even in kindergarten and I was pulling books off the shelves that were way beyond my reading level, but mom, read this to me, read this to me. <laughs> um, always been a reader. I think I was about 10, 11 years old when I wrote my first like little short story. And I said, I wanted to be a writer and, I was kind of discouraged from that because I have blue collar parents who said, no, you need to go to college. You need to get a good job. You have a steady, stable income. Writing is not steady, stable income. Uh, so that idea kind of fell by the wayside. I went to college and at college, I ran out of time to do an internship. So I ended up doing a senior research paper. Um, and at the time I had also been diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. So the two kind of happened at the same time. So I did a senior research paper on Tourette syndrome, what it is and how it affects communication, which was my major at the time. Um, and wow. my professors were very supportive. They said, this is great. There's really nothing like this in the field. You need to get it published. And, you know, turns out publishing a college paper is a little bit harder than publishing a book, which also isn't easy. So that should be saying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, my little, 
yeah, my little bookworm heart just said, we'll just expand it and make it into a book. And, and that became my first book called Awkwardly Strong. Wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. OK, so I saw this and I love it because I love reading books that kind of like that make you almost like second guess the the title. Like one of my favorite, you know what I mean? Like one of my favorite books is um, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. Ah, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I got to read this because I got to figure out what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I, so I saw your title and I was like, yeah, that's it. This is, that's a good book. Um, Where, so you came up so awkwardly, you said strong. Mm -hmm. Awkwardly strong started out as a college paper. Is that right? It did. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. It, so you said it's hard to publish a college paper. So I'm a, so you did both or did you just end up publishing it as a book? I, it just became a book. And once I hit publish, I've, I've never been an adrenaline junkie. I'm a bookworm. I'm a music person. You know, I'm usually a stay at home, introverted type person. I don't do crazy things. <laughs> but for the first time in my life, I understood adrenaline wrench rushes and adrenaline junkies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. This is my life now. <laughs> um, so it, it took me a few years to transition out of, um, I'd had so many different jobs. I, I, I'd never stayed very long in a job just because that's not me. That's not who I yeah. want. To be. That's not what I want to do. Um, so that that's actually a transition that's finally happening um just over the past few months over the summer so oh wow so you're full-time mm-hmm. writing full-time I, uh, writing and coaching yeah Dude, that's a big thing though a lot of people i've interviewed quite a few authors on my podcast because i guess my story comes from i grew up in a really small town in iowa where the education has gotten a lot better i'll just put mm-hmm. it that way you know what i mean <laughs> has gotten a lot better since i was there and I grew up absolutely thinking that I absolutely hated reading. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I, I don't like this. And then I found, you know, and then I, I got a little older. Uh, my uncle gave me a book. Um, it was actually a history book, like a biography kind of history, you know, biography mm-hmm. book. And I was like, this is awesome. And I kept reading and, you know, got into self-help, got into history. Uh, and so like journalism writing, kind of like, events and stuff and uh, learned that I fell in love with reading. And, you know, I think naturally if you read, you want to write. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know I, mean? I think that's a, there's a very strong correlation. Yeah. 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 I think, well, I think reading helps you like reading the books that you like help you, helps you write. I mean, obviously, right. um, because most people just think, you know, you read and you get smarter and that's kind of the end of it, but it's like, no, it, it helps you with a, a lot more things. And so, yeah, I looked at, writing um or like publishing something and and for me it's just like I, I don't have enough yet it's just not the right time but it's extremely difficult like I didn't think it would be that hard mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah go ahead um it, it, everyone has their like natural talents <laughs> and gifts I mean and and those are definitely developed I've yeah. been journaling since I was eight years old like, oh, I don't wow. know in what world my parents didn't think I was going to end up as a writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? You said that you were like, you know, somebody was like, writing doesn't pay the bills. And it, back then it it might not have. But now right. with like social media and the the way that we can build an audience, 
all over the world and how quickly you can build an audience and get mm-hmm. a thousand or two thousand people to really like what you're saying and really dig in, you know, dig what right. you're doing uh, is pretty easy now. It's not that yeah. it's not super hard. <laughs> right. For sure. And understanding like the scope of it as well. I think yes, I'd always wanted to write books, but I'm actually doing some ghostwriting right now. I'm helping another friend write his books. Um, I've been writing social media posts. I've been writing, you know, some copy. Like mm-hmm. I, I was I'm starting to transition and kind of narrow down, narrow that down, but writing encompasses so much that we just don't, we just kind of take it all for granted. Yeah, seriously. I, uh, you know, and, and the way that you write different things is different. I think mm-hmm. that's a crazy, I think that's a crazy part that people miss. Like I'm in sales and uh, you know, even in sales, it's like, you know, writing a sales pitch is different than writing like copy for a sales ad. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's uh it's it's very strange and it's cool though cuz you got to learn how to write different ways and you have to you know kind of like well cuz like a social media post uh isn't the same as maybe maybe writing like a long form book. And mm-hmm. it just gets, you know, you got to kind of a different skill for different things and so if you can be good at all of them i mean do it i mean i you know i mean i would assume that those skills transition pretty easily we are brought to you by legal inc estate planning listen you wouldn't dine and dash so why would you leave your family in the hands of the courts and the government when you pass away most people think they don't have enough to start estate planning or that it's too expensive things like wills and a trust. While those are valid reasons they're limiting beliefs guys to creating and keeping the wealth that you want to have listen It's free to talk to Michael to learn more about what you can do today to protect your tomorrow and live your best life. Wills are necessary, especially if you have a home and kids. And a trust is the number one way to build and retain your wealth. So it's your life. It's your story. Make it a good one. Visit LegalLifePlan.com to schedule your first conversation with Michael and tell him that the Thinking Project sent you. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. uh, Fairly easily. Yeah. I mean, at okay. the same time, there's there's definitely complications. I've I've obviously always at this point written nonfiction, and I'm starting to write my first fiction novel. Whole new ballpark. It is throwing yeah. me off. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 heard that. Like, I asked one author. He had like a few different books, like in a series. Mm-hmm. So he'd like written like three or four in the same series. I was like, dude, how do you keep the story straight? I would lose. I would lose the story. Like people would get to like the fiftieth page and be like, you. We're not even the same story anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So what made you? (laughs) What? Editors are amazing people. They watch stuff like that. Keep us in line. (laughs) Yeah, they should. Yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. So for you, so um, I guess, you know, I'm going to kind of be all over the place. But one thing is, you know, you're starting your first nonfiction book. How is that? Uh, What made you transition from fiction to nonfiction? Um, again, partially just because I've always read so many different genres. Um, I was, I was definitely more of a historical fiction as a kid. That was my go-to. I've only recently started to get into fantasy. Uh, but at this point, I think I've read at least one thing in every genre and, mm-hmm. and I can always appreciate the story because everything kind of comes back to stories for me and how things are laid out. Um, and even if it's not necessarily my cup of tea, I can appreciate the, the work that's gone into it. Um, I think there's only ever been one book that I gave a one star review that I'm like, this is actually really terrible. <laughs> but for the most part, like I can appreciate um, artistic license and creativity 
Um, yeah. Cause that's yeah. the coaching aspect that I do. I'm not necessarily a writing coach or a publishing coach. I I'm a creativity coach. So slightly different Ooh. niche there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Creativity coach. Tell me more yeah. about that. Um, I, love ideas. Um, and it's partially because of the Tourette syndrome and ADHD tend to go hand in hand. Um, there's a lot, they call them comorbids. Um, so usually if you've got one, you've got the other. Um, and so ideas just bounce off my head. At one point I had so many book ideas that I wanted to write and I knew I would realistically never get to them, but they're still good ideas and they're still stories that I want to read. Um, so I made a deck of cards. There's 35 cards of these story ideas that I'm not going to, I kept my favorites, (laughs) but there's 35 ideas that I couldn't get to that. I put in a deck of cards for writing prompts. Like, um, you know, I've, I've always been a very logical person and I never thought that I could be creative until I understood what creativity really is. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can be creative. It was like, this great epiphany and I'm like crying. I'm so excited because I've always appreciated books and music and, and all of this, you know, stuff that we consider creative. Yeah. But creation is simply making things come into existence that didn't exist before. Like, yes, I wrote a nonfiction book, but it was still a creative venture. I mean, I still created something that didn't mm-hmm. exist before. And there's a logical process to these things where we just think we have to wait for a muse or, um, (laughs) but it's actually very systematic. I mean, I've been doing so much research on it because OCD is also a comorbid and I get obsessive and I'm just like, I have to know all the things about it now. (laughs) Um, and there's actually a really strong correlation to the elements and to seasons. So I'm actually also in the process of writing another nonfiction about creative elements. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So how many books do you got going on right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just finished my ghostwriting project. So technically that one is off the table. Um, okay. But I, I've got one that I'm launching. I've got my fiction and my creative elements that I'm currently writing. So technically okay. three that I'm juggling in different phases right now. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I had to keep that straight in my head so I could make sure. You know what I mean? But that's incredible. You said a few things. The first one is even in a nonfiction book, there there's creativity because one of, you know, I have a few favorite authors who I, you know, if there's like an event, I really hope that they write a book about it because there's only a few people that I can really read like, like history from, or Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of like journalism or, or commentary because it really is like a craft. It's it's incredible how they told this story that happened, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in real life. And it might have only taken a few minutes to tell, but they they go into detail. They paint the story. They teach the lessons. They they teach the principles about what's going on. So you, not only do you learn about the event, but you learn about the things surrounding it. And, and you, you know, that kind of gives depth to the event. So I totally understand what you're saying about even nonfiction, mm-hmm. you know, even nonfiction. You got to I mean, it. You got to be really good to keep someone interested. You know, like, like I, I read, I'm reading a book on a few of the events around 2008 right now. And, uh, and finance is boring. Like finance and accounting is very dry. Like I yeah. have my degree, I have my degree in accounting. So I know, um, 
but the way that he writes it is is like incredible. So I I totally totally get that. And then you said something about creative elements. So yes, mm-hmm. elements and seasons. But you've kind of taken a spin on this kind mm-hmm. of creative elements, mm-hmm. right? So tell tell me more. Tell me kind of what the idea is behind that book. So the first thing that I noticed, and I'll, and I'll kind of go through the process yeah. because story you got to watch it unfold, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> is I noticed how many writers were inspired by sitting by the ocean or sitting by a lake or, you know, and, and just this correlation between mm-hmm. water and being able to write and, and creativity. And it's funny how there's always like little plays in the verbiage. We, we take language for granted sometimes, but I noticed that when water flows, creativity flows. Um, the same thing with blood, when you get your blood flowing, if you're, if you're having writer's block and you're just kind of stuck sitting there, go for a walk because when you're processing things, walking things through, when you have that blood flowing, creativity also flows. There's a reason we get all of our best ideas in the shower (laughs) because water (laughs) is literally flowing on you. Um, um, and I was talking with a friend and explaining stuff like this and she said, yeah, but sometimes I just need sunshine. Sometimes I just need to go sit in the sun. So I wondered if there was an, an element of fire and creation, um, which I did find one. I found one with earth. I found one with air. And then I took it a step farther and seeing how, you know, spring, there's usually a lot of water. Summer is usually fire. It's hot. Um, mm-hmm. Earth fall, um, because that's usually harvest time traditionally. And then winter is air and seeing how these correlated and how everything tied together like it all just blew my mind it was so exciting and it is a cycle it is a pattern you have the creativity of water which is the ideas flowing but then it's the fire when you light a fire under you like fire is a very action-oriented term you're actually bringing Mm -hmm. these into creation Um, there's a time to reap those results and then there's a time Mm -hmm. of rest Um, and and again, there's more verbiage. I don't have all of those notes on me. Sure, right now, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, if I want to go reset um, and I want to like actually like take a break and get away, I do. I, I go. So one of my favorite places, I went to college for a little bit in Oregon. And one of my favorite places is the Oregon coast. Like nothing, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing will ever be the Pacific Northwest, I think it's like the unspoken secret. I think it's like the best kept secret of the United States. Like truly it's, it's, it's incredible. So yeah. Like water fire. Like I totally get that winter. Yeah. There's something very, uh, I don't know though. I've, there's something weird that happens in my mind when I think of fire, because I mean, obviously when you talk about symbolism and and things like that, you can have duality and symbolism. So like, Mm -hmm. I think of fire and I'm like, oh, that's very peaceful. Like I mm-hmm. like, I like watching fire, but then it's on the same, on the same note can also be <laughs> right. very destructive <laughs> when, when you when you got the wrong thing, when you got the wrong mix, I guess, you know, or the yeah. right, I don't know what you want to call it or the right mix. Yeah. I don't know. You know and this book is still very much in the, in the research phase. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm finding out, um, but definitely want to look yeah. more at that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense when you said we get our best ideas in the shower. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because like another another great place if if you're from Utah is like Big Cottonwood Canyon, and mm-hmm. that stream that runs down Big Cottonwood Canyon is unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. very peaceful. So pretty. 
Yeah, Love it's it. very, yeah, it's very, yeah, there's something very relaxing. And yeah, and like thinking and stuff kind of makes my wife mad because like I have to find the balance. Maybe in your book, you find the balance because like you go, you go there to kind of like get away, right? Get some ideas. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, how do you enjoy the peace too? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, how right. do you recharge and like keep all those ideas for when it's time to go to work, but then enjoy? <laughs> I'm trying to figure that one out. And it's you part of the I mean? process. It's part of the yeah. cycle. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all there. And that's why, you know, we have this winter where's a, typically a time where the, the ground rests. Um, yeah. You know, we don't necessarily go out and do as much like, yeah, every idea is going to need some incubation time where you're just kind of resting on it. Like, that's why I have so many projects. I mean, yes, it's partially the ADHD, but at the same time, I can cycle through projects. Like I'm in launch mode for one book. I'm in research mode for creative elements. I'm in yeah. writing mode, the action, the fire, the summer uh, for my historical fiction. And I just, if something dies off and something needs that rest phase, great. I'll just switch to another project. I always have projects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, because I feel the same way. You know, I have a lot of business projects going on. And sometimes, you know, you got to put something on the back burner, kind of mm-hmm. let it simmer, because you know, it's not the right time. Have, right. How do you how do you know if something's not the right time? How do you know when you put something to rest? Um, For me, if it's just not flowing, like if I get stuck and I'm just like staring at a blank page, I know, okay, I need to go for a walk. I need to get around water. I need to, you know, do these steps. And if nothing's still coming and my mind drifts to other projects, I'm not going to force it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, because that's when I produce bad work. If it's forced, no good. um, You know, there is something to be said for this muse speaking to you. You know, you don't necessarily have to wait for it, but you need to listen to it more than wait for it because it's, it's there. You have that muse as a, as a person, humans in general are creative beings. That's what we do. We create relationships. We create conversations. We create everything we do every day. Every choice we make is an act of creation. Um, So the muse is there. It's just listening to what they have to say and what's most important. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like that you said, like, if it's not flowing, like, (laughs) what do you know when to stop? Well, when you're not getting ideas. Right. (laughs) Why do you think that's kind of a scary time, though, Mm -hmm. for like an entrepreneur, though, because you're like, Mm -hmm. should I keep doing it or should I not? Or should I keep it on the back burner? And I think that's something that people struggle with quite a bit Mm -hmm. is like, is like, does it need to rest or does it need to like? go away. Is this not what I'm supposed to be doing? And, and I, I think, think that can be kind of hard. And I think as far as like a overall concept, like as a businesswoman, like, yes, you're going to have those hard days and yes, I'm going to have hard times writing, but that's when I just kind of pivot. Mm. We need, especially as an entrepreneur, we have to learn to pivot mm-hmm. because things change so constantly in the world around us. I mean, technology evolves so rapidly. It's more about the pivoting. Okay. Let's let that rest for a minute. What new ideas am I getting? Where is my attention? What is my focus? What am I thinking about in the shower while I'm, you know, while you're, there's something to be said for the subconscious, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, those ideas that you have right before you wake up, right after you wake up, right before you fall asleep, that, you know, when your brain is active, but you're not necessarily thinking and focused on one thing in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's usually when, 
you can find, okay, this is the direction that I need to pivot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right. Because, you know, I kind of was thinking, like, while you were talking, um, like, go with the flow, kind of like, just, you know, let things happen, let things come in and out and kind of just, just stay present. I think that was the main point of the, you know, your book kind of, you know, awkwardly strong. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what was the message you were trying to get across when you wrote that book? The biggest aha for me, um, I I studied communications, but my degree was technically international cultural studies with an emphasis in communication. Um, So I was studying culture. I was studying people. I was was trying to figure out why we do the things that we do. Um, Another thing about Tourette's syndrome, I'm technically on the autism spectrum. Some doctors will agree with that. Some doctors will say that's baloney. Yeah, 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 yeah. world is kind of a mess. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> there's, okay. There's not much we understand about it. Um, well, interesting. As far as my brain and and doing the study, like I am on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. I don't always understand like these uh, unspoken rules of culture. There's so much that we just kind of pick up and notice, and that's what culture is. We do these because that's what we've seen done. Um, I heard a story once about a man asking his woman, well, why are you cutting the end off the pot roast before you stick it in the crock pot? Well, cause that's what my mother did. He was like, well, I still want to know. So we went to his mother. <laughs> why do you cut the end off the pot roast? Well, cause that's what my mother did. So they went to the grandma. Why do you cut the end off the pot roast? Well, cause it didn't fit in the crock pot. <laughs> why do we still do it? There's so much in culture that, that, that still does that. Yeah. Um, just because it's unspoken, we don't talk about what it is, why we do it. It's yeah, just we don't, there. Yeah, we don't like to challenge the status quo. You know, right. We don't like challenge what's going to, you know, it's and, easier. And the thing about Tourette syndrome is I'm always going to challenge that. I mean, I bark uh, in business meetings. I scream in church. <laughs> and, I, and I literally cannot stop it. It just happens. I'm, yeah. Um, and so the big aha for me is understanding that awkward moments is when we don't know those unspoken rules. There's no rule for what is happening. So we don't know what's going on. And everyone's just kind of looking around, who knows the rule? Who knows the rule? (laughs) Who knows what I'm supposed to do? And the thing is, as the one who makes these noises, I'm the one who knows what's going on. And so it was so empowering to recognize that I create those rules because I'm the one that says, this is what's happening. This is how you handle it. And wow. everyone's like, oh, good. Someone knows the rules. I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> right. So it's all, oh, it was so gosh. empowering to me to recognize the awkward moments is just no one knows the rules and someone has to step up. Everyone's looking for someone to show them what to do. Yeah. And so being awkwardly strong is kind of being a leader when mm-hmm. no one else wants to or no one else knows what to do. You kind of just try right. kind of trail, kind of trailblaze. Right. Like what a powerful tool that can be if you understand what an awkward moment is. Like you may not necessarily know what's going on either, but you can say, hey, let's just do it this way. And everyone's like, "Okay, good. Please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, People are looking. People look for leaders in in situations. You know, Uh, that's a great point. And I, you know, it's that's that's another crazy phenomenon to me that, uh, you know, Give me another example of being awkwardly strong. Um, 
help me think of an awkward moment at this point it's hard oh, yeah. to recognize <laughs> because i just do my own thing so much of the time and assume everyone's gonna follow like yeah yeah so it's for <laughs> so it's for anybody who feels like you know who who feels like what they're doing might be might be awkward like yeah. if you were you know if you were taking charge of a project that you know you might not have ever taken charge of right i mean i did that <clears throat> with publishing my book. I mean, I've, I've never published a book before. I was self-published. I didn't have a, a publisher or an agent telling me this is what you have to do. Um, I, I tend to have this bull in a China shop approach to anything that I'm doing. <laughs> and <laughs> I just kind of right. like, That's good. here's what I'm doing. Oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Next time I know how to do it better. You know, yeah. um, it's, yeah. it, it can totally be awkward, but I'm, I'm so comfortable in those moments because it's like, okay, mistake, pivot. Okay. Mistake we're going to do it this way this time. And I, and I learn from those and I grow from those and I'm, mm-hmm. it's so much better than where I was before, where I was always just so embarrassed by these noises, not knowing what they were, mm-hmm. not knowing who I was, who, what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden it's like, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it was just so freeing and so empowering to recognize that I get to do what I want and I can figure it out. And I'm, and I'm better and I'm stronger for it. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of like the trailblazer, right? You're telling yeah. people like you're get. I mean, you're giving people like invaluable experience, mm-hmm. first of all, to not look like <laughs> idiots with, with, when you meet people who are different, who are different than you. Absolutely. Right. I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's, I mean, that's a great, you know, that, that can be some people's whole, whole purpose. Mm-hmm. is to just make sure that people know like that like different is okay and like you just keep going you know what i mean like we don't have to you know we don't have to stop everything and and figure this out like no just keep going you're like we're fine you know right we'll figure that's, it out on the way yeah i know that's my number one motto by the way is like <laughs> is commit for is commit first figure it out later i mean yeah so many so many more bad things happen in analysis paralysis than going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. You know? A bad like, experience is better than no experience. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, like I'm in sales, which is like rejection filled. Right. And uh, people are like, you know, how do you deal with it? And I'm, and I'm just like, it sucks. But like, I've, I've, I've been there before. So it it sucks, but, uh, but you just keep going, you know what I mean? And it's not that big of a deal. And, and, uh, you know, like, like, I, I don't think like, I, I do get nervous. I do get pregame jitters. I, I do realize the weight of what's going on, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of like this, this idea that you're talking about. It's like, well, there's nothing we can really do about that. So we're either going to mess up going hundred miles an hour and at least we'll get somewhere or, uh, we're never going to go. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> for, sure. So, for sure so yeah man i, get I heard that. a quote once i don't know if you know who richie norton is he's pretty big in the mm-hmm. business world um mm-hmm. i we went to the same school um so we have the same alma mater and, and um so i know him and i know yeah. his family but i think he actually got this from stephen covey who you know everyone knows yeah stephen yeah, yeah i know stephen yeah, yeah. but um there was a quote that he said that was most people say that they have 40 years experience, but what they actually have is one year experience repeated 40 times. Mm, all right. You're going to have to tell me about that one. <laughs> you're have to I tell mean, me if about you're that. just doing 
the same thing over and over. If you're, um, and this is kind of what I hated about jobs. Like I, I had that first year where I would learn all of this new stuff. I would, you know, be excited about it. I would, you know, I'm doing something new. I'm feeling a sense of progress. I'm feeling a sense of accomplishment. And then all of a sudden when year two hits, I'm doing the same thing that I did last year. But most people would claim that as two years experience, but I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm not learning anything (laughs) new. I'm not growing. I'm not stretching. I'm not achieving. I'm it's the same thing. I got so bored with jobs. I can't do a job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people, I mean, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. uh, There's, there's some, there's some people who, so like, I think that's, and I think by the way, that's like really important because I started doing these podcasts with business owners uh, and I do have a, I do have a business, but I, I, I created a business and I found this avenue that allows me to like really, you know, focus on my strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that, you know, there's a few types of people. There's like entrepreneurs, yes. uh, there's, there's, and then there's like employees and like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It it definitely you know? takes a special breed to become an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. it, it was, and again, it's because again, I have ADHD and I don't yeah. do the same thing for very long without just wanting yeah. to like scratch my eyes out. I can't, can't. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and and that's what I think. That's what one of my things was, was like, because then there's a third one. And there's like, they're like, so you have like employees, entrepreneurs, and then right in the middle, you have linchpins, who are kind of like this, this in between. It's like, you're not really, you're not, I mean, you're an employee, right? Because you you don't want to bear all the risk. But you know how to get like, you can enact the vision of an entrepreneur. You can be like, I see where you're going. Um, I don't want to take the leap, but I know how to help you take the leap. And I know okay. how to make it successful, yeah. you know, kind of like, okay, so in a, in the corporate world, you have a CEO and he's like the visionary guy, right? He's the one, he's the one who, who paints the vision. He's the one who helps people out. Uh, you have like a CFO who's the money guy who makes sure mm-hmm. the ship's up. And then you have the COO, right? The mm-hmm. operations guy. And, and there's, I mean, the, there's only, you know, there's a couple past the CEO, but the two big ones are CFO and COO. And I think there's a reason for that. Because you got to be able to get something done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, so for me, I know like I, I do have a business. And so I'm technically an entrepreneur, but I love my nine to five sales job. And my, and my business is helping entrepreneurs, like literally with the back office, helping them run their businesses smoothly. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's nothing wrong with, you know, not wanting to be an employee. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, at some point I'm going to need that because I just can't focus. Like even trying to build a business, I'm just like, I need help. (laughs) I can't do this. My attention span is not there. I just, I don't care for it. (laughs) I'm I'm, going to need employees. Like you're absolutely right. They're so important. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you have, and then you have these, um, you know, so you have employees and then you have these weird guys in the middle who kind of do both. Yeah. And uh, that's me. I'm the weird guy who <laughs> who likes to do, you know, the accounting stuff and and the back office stuff. And but anyway, but but that's like, you know, I wish more people would understand that, that it's OK to be like mm-hmm. the, the lane that you choose. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like we're not there's no good or bad. It's just it's just different. And it's not even different. It just is what it is. It's just like, no, you did that and I'm going to do this. And, you know. We'll get to the same place. I truly believe, I truly believe that, that, and I believe that the place is happiness. 
that if you're doing what you do, that if you're doing what you're doing for the right reasons, we all end up at the same place. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. You, um, I was scrolling through Facebook. It looks like you grew up in a small town. Yes. What town are you from? Logandale, Nevada. We're about Logan 45 Dale. minutes north of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I just saw, I grew up in a small town in Iowa and mm-hmm. I saw, you know, you, you had like the trucks and, and the small town parades. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's home, you know? Yeah. The, you know, the small towns are the factories and the manufacturing and, and right. the farming. And it's like the backbone of America. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, what was, what was some of the best advice that you ever got? The best advice I ever received, and it's actually going to piggyback really well off after this conversation we just had, okay. is that advice is just that. Advice is advice. <laughs> you are the one who determines if it's good advice or if it's bad advice. And that's sure. kind of where my bull in a china shop approach came in because like, okay, so I've got to try it and see if it works for me or if it doesn't. But you can't take someone else's advice as gospel truth every time because different sure. people have different needs and different talents and abilities and what works for some is not going to work for others. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's super true. What was the worst advice you've ever received? That I'd never make it as a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's like, right? hey, you probably shouldn't do that. It's it's this paradox <laughs> of you shouldn't do that, that, that kind yeah. of baffles people, right? And it's funny because as I got older... I started to challenge that a little bit more. Um, my first major in college was actually music. Um, I studied music okay. for three years. Um, and I, my very first semester, I had a teacher tell me, you will never get a degree in music because you're just so bad. And I'm like, watch <laughs> me. <laughs> and so I kept going and I kept, you know, getting what I needed to. I, I, but at some point I stopped and said, I just don't like it anymore. Like I, I still love music, but this isn't where I'm meant to be. I was yeah. pursuing it strictly because someone said you can't. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should tone that stubborn streak back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, that's another great point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I wrote an article about that once on Medium about how, you know, we yeah. have these traits that we say are bad you know you shouldn't be stubborn but stubborn in another context is actually tenacity and the ability to stick to something and get it done it's all in perspective so it's more just kind of balance and tone it back there are there are the same meaning there are different words with the same meaning just Mm -hmm. in a different context right know, that's interesting (laughs) yeah it was one of my articles i wrote it was uh, like five negative traits you actually need or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. When people are like, don't be stubborn. Well, I'm not being stubborn. I'm, I'm tenacious right. or disciplined. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Or I'm like persistent. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I get it. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, so how do you know? I mean, what's the difference? Um, what's the, I mean, why, why would someone be stubborn or tenacious? And I think really, you're going to be the only person that can determine that in your specific situations. So in the context of studying a career in music, when that wasn't where I was supposed to be, that wasn't where I wanted to be, because I was still writing a lot in college, um, you know, and I and I loved writing college papers. Uh, who does that? (laughs) Who likes writing college papers? (laughs) Um, I kept a bunch of my textbooks um, and 
none of them were the music ones. Like that in, in that instance, I was simply being stubborn as opposed to, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I need in my life. Like this is, it's that pull, it's that drive. And that's a stick to I've done this. Um, I decided I graduated in 2012. That's when I wrote the college paper. Um, and it was kind of an idea in the back of my mind until about 2015 when I said, okay, I'm going to do this. 2016 mm-hmm. is when I published. And here we are in 2021. Like that's the longest I've ever stuck with anything because ADHD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never had a job that long. That is the tenacity, the stick to the discipline. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. hard to write a book while you're still doing a nine to five job. It was hard. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine. And I would assume that, I mean, kind of to stay along with this line that I, I guess you're right. I guess that's really the power of knowing yourself. Yeah. So you're really being stubborn. And, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think to kind of explore this a little more, I think it's like, if you're doing, if you, if what you're doing is the right thing, like for you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because, because if it's right, then it's tenacious. And if it's wrong, then it's stubborn mm-hmm. and right and right and right and wrong or, or arbitrary. I realize that, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're very, they're very <laughs> much like if, if, you know, because what's wrong for one person is maybe what's right for another person. And, and you just, you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how that comes with time. Like if you looked at me in high school versus where I'm at now, I'm a totally different person. Um, in yeah. high school, I, I'm, I was still that shy, introverted. I would never have done something like this. First of all, I just wanted, you know, that small town family life. Like I wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have kids. Um, I'm, I'm 35, I'm single, no kids. And I'm totally happy doing that. My sister was always the one that was much more driven and accomplished and, and you know, doing all these things and involved in all these things. And and she's the one that got married at 19 and has three kids. <laughs> you know, it, it, it yeah, takes it's just different. time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, you kind of got to see it as it comes, right? Take things yeah. as they go. And, and, and I think on this journey, the one that you're kind of talking about, you've got to be able to pick things up and let them go just as quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where I feel like when, when you're talking about like creatives, especially creatives, because they come up with this new idea and they're like, this is beautiful. And I, and I thought of it and I, you know, I, I did this and I don't want to let it go. And they might even know that it's not what they're supposed to do, but they can't let it go because they have this like creative romance <laughs> that they've, you know, that, that they've yeah. like conjured up because like, you know, <gasps> because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just what they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's crazy. It's like, why do you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. They just, you got to be able to pick it up and let it go as quickly as you come. Right. Have you ever like, well, yeah, you did at the beginning of this, you said you had like 40 or so, uh, 40 or so book ideas and you let, and you let some of them go. Mm -hmm. Was that hard for you? Um, I don't think so because at this point they had been sitting for several years. Um, You know, I, I, over the years kept a list saying, okay, here's an idea. Here's an idea, but I want to focus on these. These are the ones I know I need to work on first. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've just got idea after I've got a Google doc. It's two, three pages long, just with ideas <laughs> books I want to write. And I just looked at it and I, you know, 
some of them were just more favorite versus less favorite. And if it's a more favorite, I'm going to get more inspiration. I'm going to get more ideas. Things are going to connect better. And looking at two pages worth, like it's pretty easy to start cutting things down, especially where they're not Mm -hmm. developed ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if it was the, the more time that you invest in something, the more that it's just your baby, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Have you ever had to let go of something that was like really hard to let go of? Um, yeah, Uh, not necessarily career wise, business wise, but, but I mean, I mentioned I was from a small town. I wanted that small town, get married, have a family. Like I had to let that Uh go. That's just not the direction my life is going. That's not where my time is. My focus is. Um, and that was really hard. You know, I, I, that's just something that was so much a part of who I was for so long. Yeah. How do you, how do you go through that process when you, you know, kind of like what we're saying, like, how do you go through that? Was it a lot of like, you know, just meditating and pondering? Was it a lot of like reality checks? It was, it was a grieving process. I mean, it was, it was hard. There were tears, Um, which uh, luckily I say that with quotes because no one really wants to (laughs) grieve, but I have had a lot of grief. And that's where my second book came from was tragically strong. Um, I've, I've had a lot of hard stuff that I've had to deal with. Um, you know, there was the time that I was homeless. There was the sexual abuse. There was, you know, I've lost three out of four siblings all for different reasons. You know, life is hard. Um, and so I understood that grieving process and having to let go of something, um, which that's, that took therapy that took, you know, and by the time I'd gone through this process so many times, by the time I got to this dream of being married and having a family, um, you know, and I still hope for it. Like if it comes along, I'm not going to say no type of a thing, but, (laughs) but understanding that it's not, you know, it's not something that I'm pursuing the way that I did when I was younger. Um, you know, and being able to, it's, it's a letting go. It's a grieving process. Um, yeah. And the first few times take therapy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I've been to therapy for all of my stuff too, man. (laughs) I think we got to normalize going to therapy for sure, but it kind of goes back. Do you feel like it goes back to the point that you were making earlier? That was like, don't force it kind of like, like, Mm -hmm. like kind of like come what may kind of like, uh, you know, kind of thing. Like I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna keep fighting, and I'm not, you know, what I, is it kind of like that in in Definitely. in your case? Definitely, because okay. I mean, I've been proposed to four different times. I've been engaged twice, um, and I, oh. I actually <laughs> feel very lucky that I I was willing and able to let those go. It was hard because I had a lot of time invested in those sure. relationships, um, but understanding that, you know, if I wanted to be married, I could. Uh, but there's also a quality sure. level that I'm looking for. I don't want to just be married and then get divorced a few years later, maybe with a kid to complicate the mix. Um, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I have I get that. I get of that. what I'm looking for. Yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah. And that's, and, and I think that just goes back to like any, any kind of project. And I think mm-hmm. actually this story that you kind of told it, it at least, in, you know, kind of clicked a few lights on for me with like the whole standards thing. Cause like if a project isn't going to yield, like, isn't going to help you get closer to where you want to be, you mm-hmm. know, then you should probably let it go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's funny a great how point. Everything, 
isn't it funny how everything cycles like life functions yeah. in <laughs> yes. cycles um yeah and that's, yeah full that, circle yeah absolutely so I mean, th- that's something else that i've noticed a lot is i i when i was a kid i was really good at patterns um yeah you know i loved those quizzes that had anything that was find the pattern and i'm like yes <laughs> um, yeah yeah how life works it the seasons are a pattern you know creativity yeah. has a pattern um and the longer we live the more we can look back and find those in our individual lives yeah yeah absolutely Whew. that's uh <laughs> that's very true that's very true well uh jessica i really appreciate you being here and i appreciate your time of course thanks so much for having me it's been a blast <laughs> yeah absolutely so go ahead before you before we sign off um where can people find you, your website, all that good stuff? So part of the reason I chose a pen name is because Jessica Smith is not very searchable. Um, okay. I wanted an internet presence. <laughs> so, um, and I've named my Tourette's Paula. They have their own personality. So that's Paula. <laughs> um, <laughs> all so, right, cool. Uh, if you were to search Paula Jean Ferry, you're going to find me, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram. Usually my handles are Jess Squeaks. Um, okay. So, you know, if you search Jess Squeaks as my handle on Instagram, you'll find me. Um, so PaulaJeanFerry.com, Jess Squeaks on Medium or search Paula Jean Ferry, either one. Oh, yeah. I'll have to follow you on Medium. I've uh, I've written a few articles on Medium, but it's been a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not as consistent as I used to be. There was one point I, w- I was in a challenge where I had to write like 10 articles in yeah. 10 days or something like that. Like I was, I was pumping them out, but at this point yeah. I'm like one a month. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably been, it's probably been about a year for me since mm-hmm. I posted on medium, but I do, I like writing. I like, I like yeah. sharing my ideas. Um, yeah. I'm just in my journey, man. I'm just kind of like yeah. figuring stuff out. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. uh, but I really appreciate uh, your time all of your comments. I think this was a fantastic episode and uh, I look forward to, you know, seeing this release and, and, uh, and getting everything out there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Dalton.